<laughs> hey. Live on Friday with my beautiful wife. We're talking about several things. One of the things we're talking about is Chris Christie says the quiet part out loud. Uh, pharmaceutical companies are going racist now. They want to get in the whole racism game because, you know, they're kind of getting out, you know. Uh, Ray Epps gets his uh, just desserts. And today we're going to talk about does God's justice delay? Find out this and more on Self-Evident Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Self-Evident Podcast. You got Massey. You got my beautiful, beautiful, beautiful live in-studio wife, Curry Campos. Curry. And uh, she's here because, well, let's just say she's stinking amazing. My <laughs> wife is the most beautiful thing on this earth. Uh, you know, there's nothing that compares. No mountains, no trees. Mountains and trees. Anyways, guys, go to the selfevidenttruth.com. By the way... If you guys have supported us and did our help, help to set up with the year end campaign, thank you so much. Now, this year, we just added this, which is so cool. We have a new text to give yes. option. Carrie, go ahead and take her away. We have a text to give option, and uh, he's going to put the graphic up. It's like either you can use the number there or yeah. there's a QR code. It prompts you, you text give, then it prompts you how much you want to give yep. to our beautiful organization, and it's pretty simple. You just have to enter your information once, and then it's all set up. And if you guys want to do that, we can actually put it in the comments as well. Go back to that slide of the text to give. This is so new to us. If you text the word give to 772-242-0299, 772-242-0299, text the word give, and you can give an amount, uh, whatever you're desirable for. Uh, is awesome. Also, you can scan yep. the QR code, which is incredible. Thank you so much, honey, for working so hard on that because it took a long time to do that because companies is stupid. So let's get into the news bits today. Chris Christie says the quiet part out loud. Everybody knows about Chris Christie, a way of saying something that people would enjoy hearing only if it weren't coming from him. Wow! <laughs> he decided to drop out because nobody wants him. And there's uh, the one person on the Internet who can't even spell his guy's name right. It's not personal. I swear. It's nothing personal. We're not against, you know, we're not against him. Nor is anyone else. But the amazing, wonderful, stupendous should be President Christie got caught on a hot mic like Obama bowing to the Russians. Chris Christie commented on Nikki Haley, the other uh, the other just wonderful candidate and said she's going to get smoked. It's not the best thing to say when you're trying to run for president because that word connotates many different things. In his concession speech that nobody really cared for and had about as many attendees as Biden's uh, conferences, all 10 cars, I would rather lose by telling you the truth than lie in order to win, <laughs> said no politician ever. He said, I would rather lose by telling you the truth than lie in order to win, said no politician ever. Uh, he said, and I feel no differently today because this is a fight for the soul of our party and the soul of our country. Every politician says that, right? He allegedly added, and by the way, they all break the Constitution, too, for the most part. There are some good ones, but this presidential candidate's me. And I was hoping for the soul of our Republic, Republican Party would look more like the Democrat Party's soul, but I failed in my mission. <laughs> oh, he said the quiet part out loud, and then he... Sh Shook his fist in the air and raged against Trump, claiming that if it weren't for that blasted Trump, he would have gotten away with it, too. 
Chris Christie, you've been served. All right, let's move on. Ray Epps. Oh, we got another budget crisis, too. It's pretty crazy. Shocking. Ray Epps gets his just desserts. Folks, the government took care of the man. They threw the book at him at the insurrection thing and made him think about his crimes. Then the man, Ray Epps, is on video from several different sources encouraging people to go into the Capitol, yelling at people to go into the Capitol. People were flat out calling him a Fed when he was doing it, too. By the way, he claimed credit for orchestrating the Capitol breach. Epps was given the mind-blowing substantial punishment of 12 months probation. I thought this was a witch hunt. I thought this was what Democrats wanted. All prosecution. They should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Ray Epps only gets 12 months probation. Why? A lot of people claim this guy was a CIA operative, right? Why did he only get 12 months? Isn't that stupid? Epps should have served six months in jail, according to sentencing memorandum. Although Epps engaged in felonious conduct during the riot on January 6th, his case includes a variety of distinctive and compelling mitigating factors. All that means is we kind of put that out of the way. We just, you know, we just, there were so many other things included in all of this. Meanwhile, we just had a woman on here whose husband wasn't even in the Capitol, got arrested because he was on the premises of the Capitol, trying to help someone who was actually dying. Okay? Just throw that out there. The judge told Epps that he was uh, the only January 6th defendant to suffer for what you didn't do. In other words, the only defendant to face threats and harassment because powerful people lied about his actions. He was the one encouraging people to come in, by the way. Video evidence shows that. We just want you to know that our justice system is working. And it's a great, great news bit for our topic today. Does God's justice delay? Now, last one. I was on my phone, saw an ad showed Carrie, and I thought, what a wonderful ad. Guys, again, comment down below if you guys uh, are paying attention to this. This is great. I love this stuff. Love, comment, like, all that crap. Okay? Now, Advil, or Bear, I'm sorry, Bear. No, it's Advil. Advil. Advil's now getting into the mix of racism. I just want to play this clip for you. This <laughs> is an ad. By the way, you can't comment on. They disabled the comments. And you can't share it to be able to comment on. So I had to screen capture it. But I just want you guys to see what this is. <laughs> it's so funny. Go ahead. Play it. I'm in pain. Among black people suffering from pain, three in four said that they believe there is bias in how their pain was diagnosed and treated. Believe me when I say. And believe me when I say. My pain is real. I know. I'm just letting everyone ponder this. <laughs> Advil is now saying that people are misdiagnosed because of color. I don't know where they're pulling this stuff from because, you know, math is racist up in Seattle. It's racist. Advil is now saying there's racism in how people are diagnosed and misdiagnosed because of color. They said three or four people believe they were misdiagnosed because of their skin color. No facts. They just <laughs> believe it. Because, you know, we should just believe what people say. Much like they did with January 6th, right? So take Advil and get ulcers. Take Advil. There you go. And help fight racism. <laughs> Let's go. And if they're saying that, I got to go with this for a minute. I just, this is what Mike and I do. You haven't been on the show. And, and I think you turn it off about three minutes in anyway. So. <laughs> I can but, neither confirm nor deny. That's true. So when, when, when we're talking about this, I just want you guys to hear this. 
how many doctors actually prescribe, like when doctors get it wrong, that they do it because they screwed up. And they admit it. There's a lot of times they misdiagnose something. Hey, they screwed up. And then we also have insurance for medical malpractice and all these other things. Is it racism or is it just doctors, for some some of them, don't know how to diagnose certain things? Or B, they just screwed up just like any other profession can. Now Advil's in the business of racism. Comment down below what you guys think about that. I thought it was pretty interesting. You guys can comment and do what you need to do on that whole front. But guys, this is our first live we've had in about two months, I think. So we're really excited to have this wonderful, wonderful gem next to me. Uh, and she is an incredible. My wife, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Compost on the show. No clap. Thank you. <laughs> Pay attention. See what happened was. They don't pay attention much, babe. You know, that's what I'm noticing here. Sight. So, 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 babe, you, what? Pay attention. I'm on the screen right now. So all three of my boys are trying to run the show. And I'm not going to lie to you. I got angry with them the first two minutes of the show for not paying attention. I kind of, I was, I was upset. But my wife wanted to bring up this topic of justice. And when we were talking, you're going to see her on Monday as well. You guys got to watch that one. It's on the blood of Jesus and what, how little we think of it and how powerful the blood is. So you want to check out that podcast on Monday. It's going to be great. But my wife and I were talking about justice and how justice is perverted in our, in our nation, um, how justice has been in some ways that we think as Christians delayed. Uh, the children of Israel used to cry, don't you hear us, Lord? Yeah. Don't David, you hear our yeah. cries? David, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure uh, in, in Jeremiah's time, you know, uh, the people enslaved for 70 years or, or mm -hmm. put in slavery for 70 years, they were thinking the same thing, like, what the heck? You know, yeah. don't you hear our cries? 430 years for the children of Israel in Egypt. Don't you hear us, Lord? And then either the nation was destroyed because of the cries of the people, like Rome and that. Mm -hmm. To me, that happened because it, it's, it's punishment. Or B, a Savior comes, a Deliverer comes. Moses, mm -hmm. David, Christ, all these things, right? But my wife was talking about how, how perverted the, the concept of delayed justice is if we don't look at it in the context of Christ and how, and, and how God handles justice, according to Scripture. Yeah. And you've got some stories to back it up, and I think it's cool because she, my wife's, first off, way more spiritual than me. She's, so when she talks about this stuff, I let her talk. I'm talking now to get it all out of my system so she can talk the rest of the time. Honey? Yeah. Welcome to the Peedcast. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm excited. She um, never wears the headphones either because of her hair. You don't want to muss my hair. Um, I, so, yeah, we were talking about justice, and this is one of those tricky topics to talk about because there is so many levels of justice, right? There's justice in my own walk with the Lord, in my own community and family, that we desire, then there's, you know, justice from our legal system, just in front, justice in a nation. So there's so many avenues and ways to talk about it, and um, which makes it tricky, right? Um, but how this all came about was, and I'm going to try to keep this story short, we went to North Carolina in November for Thanksgiving, and we spent time with our good friends, Jake and Heather, they were in this cult with us. Many of you watching know that we were in a cult for 12 years. And we're there, and something triggers me. And if they watch this, I want to be abundantly clear it was nothing that they did that triggered me. And that's the thing about triggers mm -hmm. is it is the 
dumbest thing, the smallest thing, or the craziest <laughs> thing that will trigger you. No, I and triggered that's her. What, and that's what happened in this instant. And it triggered me on this concept of justice and how if God is a God of justice and we're made in the image and likeness of God, and clearly we all know he's put a sense of justice in us, then why is justice delayed for so long? I would almost, and I was really struggling this. It was like a good two-week period. I would almost rather not have a sense of justice yep. than have what I deem justice delayed for so long. Oof. So, you know, we go through a cult. Horrible things were done to us, said to us financially, spiritually, emotionally. And you come away like most people who are wronged. Um, and, and let me point out, there's people that have been wronged way worse than us. But you come out with a sense of, I want justice, Lord. Okay? So I'm struggling with this for like two weeks back and forth with the Lord of, I need an answer. I need yeah. to know why you put this sense of justice in us and why we're just supposed to like, okay, Lord, vengeance is yours. Like, I'm done. That doesn't take away my desire saying vengeance is God's or God will handle it. That doesn't take away my desire for justice, right? So I go um, to my friend Karen's house, and most many of you watching know when I say Karen, we're talking about Karen Vaughn. Right. Billy and Karen had a son, Aaron, who was killed in Afghanistan in 2011. He was a Navy SEAL. It's a horrible circumstances. He was killed. And I go to her house, and this was, you know, 12 years ago that this happened. Anyways, I go to her house shortly after this, two-ish, three weeks later, and we're watching a movie, doing lunch, and we get to talking about things in life, and this is where I need to keep this story short and be discreet with some of the details of this story. But she starts talking about situations of Aaron's life that were, and his relationships that were simply just things that were said and done to him that were simply just unjust that she kind of learned about later on after he passed. And then she goes into the story about his um, memorial service. And part of these issues in his life that were uh, you know, unjust was just manipulation, control, somebody wanting to take ownership of his life. So we, she goes into the story then about the memorial service and horrible things that were said to them. I mean, you're, and if you can put yourself it, mentally in those shoes of losing your son, him passing away f from horrible circumstances, right. and then you go to this memorial service and just horrible things are said to you. Um, and, and I'm listening to this story and I'm just boiling inside. Yeah. And you she came home boiling. Yeah. And she goes on to talk about how, um, so there was a number of military members that died in this whole helicopter crash. So in this memorial service, there's multiple families. And so they're in each, each in a room and they wait for their name to be called. So then they can sit in order of, you know, for the memorial service, sit in the right spot. So their name gets called. She says, I get up. Um, his wife goes first and I'm following him. And of course that's how it should be. And she says, one of the family members from the in-law side holds his hand out to Karen, the mother, and says, hold on, you need to let these other people go first. And, um, she said, and she, and in this, her retelling me the story, she's, you can see the physical pain that this still memory still brings her 12 years later and says, this is the one thing that I feel like I need retribution for, if that's even the right word. 
and I'm feeling this and I'm crying. She's crying and she's telling me he's holding his hand out and saying, you have to let other people go first. Jeepers. And so um, <clears throat> I get home. I, I'm driving home. I'm crying. I'm telling Massey. I'm praying all the way home. And I get home. I'm like, can you believe this? I'm like, this is so messed up. And um, so and this all rang on the heels of his other hardships in life in these relationships. And it was that same spirit of manipulation and control that I'm going to take ownership of his life. And that's what this hand was. I'm going to take ownership of his life. So I get home. It's bothering me for like three or four days. Finally, it dawns on me. Shocking. I should maybe pray about this. Like, wait, it takes me three days to figure that out. I should pray about this. And I go to prayer and I feel like the Holy Spirit show me some things. And then I feel like he takes me into this vision. And I'm not one to, I've never asked Massey, I've never said I had a vision because I don't get visions. I get like picture words or unctions. And so I feel like the Lord takes me into this vision. And I get the word that I feel like this particular relationship that somebody's planting, had tried to plant their flag on him and like I own him. And in that Lord begins to speak to me about that whole control and how his spirit just repelled that, Aaron's spirit repelled that. And then I go into this vision, and what the vision was is I'm watching, standing at this memorial service, watching this play out, and I see them call their name, I see them get up, and I see that same spirit of manipulation and control, like i taking ownership of his life, he's mine. And I'm, again, that livid spirit in prayer, and I see this person hold his hand out to Karen, and I'm just, again, livid. And I feel the Holy Spirit whisper behind me. And it was like this. <laughs> Start crying. He was like, yeah, but he's Karen's. That's what Ooh. the Holy Spirit said to me. It's like, yeah, but he's Karen's. And it was like a whisper went into a roar, like, yeah, but he's Karen's. And what? And then I began to get all this revelation. Like, his heart was Karen's. His heart trusted safely in her. Like, And then it wasn't a weird mother-son relationship. It's just the beautiful connection that the Lord gave Aaron to Karen. Didn't wipe away any relationship with Billy but it was beautiful, right? And I look up, and that, yeah, but he's Karen's, wipes away all the BS all from this vision in yep. that it wiped away my indignation. It wiped away it all in that they can play their make-believe and pretend and try Oof. to take ownership of his life, but he's Karen's. And then I see this, it's almost like it was like an inner healing type moment, and it wasn't inner healing for me, but that's what it felt like. And if you've gone through our in our church and you've gone through inner healing, you'll understand. So I'm watching this vision. It's almost like it's frozen. He has his hand out to Karen's chest and I see Jesus standing behind him and he walks around him and he gets in between him and Karen with his hand out. Jesus puts his hand out to Karen and says, he was yours. And it was like top 10, top five most powerful moments that I've ever experienced of the Lord giving a word. And so fast forward... (laughs) Aaron just starts clapping. (laughs) Um, So I go out to lunch with her earlier this week, and I'm just like, I have to tell you this, and I lay out the whole thing, and I've watched the Lord just beautifully minister to her through this word that he gave in this vision. And so I get home, and I was like, you know, I should probably type this out for her so she has it. So I began to type it out, and I get to the point in the vision where the Lord says, but he was Karen's, and it wiped out all the BS, and it begins to minister to me in that, and I didn't even put two and two together until I'm typing this email out, that it wiped out all the BS of I can they can pre- play 
pretend and make believe and try to take ownership of his life, but that's all fake because Truth. this is the foundation of his life. This is who he was, and this was um, who he was to Karen. And it begins to minister to me about my longing for justice. And it was like the Lord used that to answer my struggle about justice Ooh, yep. in that if I'm fully confident in what the Lord says about us, about our lives, about our callings, about who are, who we are in God, what salvation is, I don't need... If, if I'm fully confident in that, why do I need this justice from this cult leader that destroyed our lives? Oof. Because this is the truth. And all of this was fake. And my justice, my longing for Dang. justice, I realize is I don't want f- c- complete justice. I want retribution because justice is he's restored to the Lord too. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, a true justice wants their Right, and that's what I'm realizing. I'm not struggling with true justice. I'm struggling with, I want, Lord, get him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, true justice is him being restored to the Father. And that's why the justice of God is different than sometimes our own natural justice. And then I also see, like, my justice was I wanted him to acknowledge his wrong, to be completely repentant before me, and somehow... I think that that will confirm this foundation when the reality is, is he's wrong whether he acknowledges it or not. And this is the foundation. And so it just begins to minister to me about what true justice is, what the heart of the father is in justice, what God's justice is. And I'm just like, and I want to be careful when saying this because and I did talk to Karen about this, and she's like, that's a, that's a good word. And it began to minister to her, too. But I also want to be careful in saying there are things in life that are done wrong to us that need justice. And it's literally why we have a justice system. So there's things in life, and if you watch Monday's show, there's things in life where when a father gets his own son hooked on drugs— right. That needs justice. It does need justice, and there's nothing he can do. So he there is, justice. and I don't, that's why I want to be careful with this message, because there is things in life that require justice. Yep. It's literally why we have a justice system. But then there's things in life, and we will all walk through this at some level. I know there's lots of comments. We will all walk through this at some level where, where people wronged us and hurt us to the core, and those memories literally nav- or set our life in motion in negative directions, maybe, in negative beliefs. But it's God birthing a sense of his justice in that moment and us giving up that need for vengeance. And then what it did for me is it began to speak and make forgiveness make so much more sense. So good, dude. So good. So good. And, and so I'm letting you talk because you said all of the points. I know. I in one like thing. they're done. Okay, good show. Bye. <laughs> I love you. But I've got like 150 questions right now because I think like everyone else. Can you read some of the comments before I get into it? Because I think it's going to be mean, good. There's no real comments. Jenny Van Gulick just said spoke to my heart. Was this is this Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Is it your I, Facebook I, or the ministry's Facebook? No, it's ministry, but I maybe can't see the old comments. So because I can't see any comments from the yeah, ministry one. Go. Here we go. So chill, okay. Uh, so I'm reading scripture right now in Luke 9. I've been going through Luke, I told you, super slow. 
and I'm already in Luke like 12, mm-hmm. but it's been like a week where I'm just going super slow, just picking it apart. Luke 9, you said sometimes we look at venge- or justice as vengeance instead of justice. And I'm going to bring it to you. Does, can anyone agree that if anyone should have had justice done to him on his behalf as Jesus? Yeah. The innocence robbed. That's why when people say, I have church hurt, people hurt me. It's like the one who should cry about that the most is Jesus. His own persecuted him. The Pharisees didn't believe in him. He was called a drunk and, 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 and all these other things, and he was crucified. If anybody should have church hurt, it's Jesus. But I want to read this, Luke 9, 51 to 55. It says, when the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. He sent his messengers ahead of him, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. They did not receive him because he was traveling towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, heard this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and smoke these guys? And Jesus is like, what? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come to kill people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came to save them. Yeah. Now, you look at that heart of Jesus. This is Jesus we're talking about. This isn't anybody else. Jesus said, I didn't come to, to kill. I didn't come to condemn. I came to save. That's, that's my job. And I, and I think we've been interpreting this wrong. He said, you have no idea what spirit you're of. Mm. You know, he wasn't yeah. saying you're evil. He, you don't understand you're operating in evil. I think he's saying you don't understand my spirit. Yeah. You have no idea what birthed you. You mm-hmm. have no idea what you're walking in. Let me teach you. Mm-hmm. I didn't come here to kill people. I came here to set them free. Mm-hmm. That is justice. Coming from the guy who's about to get slaughtered and smoked for our sin, for, and he did nothing I was wrong. say, for being completely spotless. Spotless. Yeah. And his justice is, I still want to say on the cross, they don't, they don't know what they're doing, Lord. Yeah. Forgive them. Yeah. The real justice is, Lord, my, the justice is against me, my wrath. Therefore, we have no right to say vengeance is mine, Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord quite oppositely says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? Ours should be a heart of reconciliation, repentance, and all those other things. When we get hurt and we say, Lord, where's the justice? I think what's, what's, what's hard about that statement is, is justice something that you're okay with? Like, so because it doesn't go your way, you think justice wasn't done. Yeah, that's where I was going to go next, yeah. What if what if God did something behind the scenes that you didn't see? <laughs> Literally was go going to say that. Well, well that's what when Karen and I were talking this day um, about this concept of justice and the Lord brought this word, she was talking about how in that concept of justice, we want, we deem whether there's justice or not of was this fulfilled the way we wanted it? But we have no idea what God is doing no behind clue. the scenes. None. We have no idea what they're thinking about as they lay awake at night. No idea what they're dealing with as far as reaping and sowing in their life. We have no idea. But because we don't see this fulfilled the way we want it, we think justice is delayed. That and crazy? that's just not the case. And I think, too, let, let's just go with that for a minute. We, look at, we can look at scriptures uh, that, that talk about this. The Bible talks about justice, right? Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Mm -hmm. So in other words, justice is let me take care of that. Mm -hmm. Don't put your heart in a heart where you're thinking justice is retribution. And I think this is big because, you know, when we look at like Black Lives Matter and this whole reparations talk, we were talking about this last night. Reparations is not justice. 
Justice was turning the laws to say we're all created equal under God, yeah. which is what we started with initially. Wasn't perfect. I can explain all that. If you're a liberal, you probably don't even want to hear that. I'm sure you're thinking you guys are sympathizers and you guys are nationalists. But listen to me. Justice is turning the law to make everyone fair and equal. Just because the law has turned does not mean many people's hearts have turned. So I don't think it's the law system necessarily. It's the people that are operating the law, mm. which Jesus rebuked the lawyers and the, the, those of the law more than anybody. Okay, but when we're talking about BLM and reparations and all this other stuff, that's no longer justice. You that's want retribution. Vengeance. Yeah, you want you want vengeance. I want them to bleed and hurt for what they did, and not it, not yeah. not to me, but to people in the past that I had nothing to do with, in the land of opportunity. Yeah. Right. And if we're talking about race here, and I got to go with this for a minute, well, it's our race that was enslaved. Yep, the Indians were enslaved. The white some of the whites were enslaved. Irish, yeah, Irish were enslaved. And a lot of those people are successful. And people of different colors are successful in this country because they don't make excuses for what they're doing. I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. Of course it does. Hatred exists in the heart of man. But you can't keep using the excuse and saying the government owes me money. For what? It didn't happen to you. Well, opportunities. There's tons of opportunities out there. Go take it. Go do and do the thing well. But what you're after now is vengeance. You're no longer after justice. Justice, and Martin Luther King actually talked about it. I had a quote of it. Justice for Martin Luther King was, turn the law to make a sequel. Mm, yeah. He wasn't talking about reparations. He wasn't talking about the government owes us money. He wasn't about, we just want to be free with you. That's it. That was justice to him. Mm -hmm. The people that kill blacks should be punished, which is true. That's, and you actually talked about this last night. There are things the natural justice system is created for. Right. Can you talk about that a little well, bit? I, yeah, I already did. <laughs> but just talk about it a little more. Well, no, I'm just saying I was talking about how it's a tricky subject to talk about how uh, we are called to let God dole out the justice, but then also know that there's things in life that require natural justice. Yeah. And we talked about, like, like I said before when we started, we have different levels of justice. I have it in my own sphere of family, friends, or whatever, and things need justice. And that's essentially what we experience. Then you have your, you know, we need justice. What happens when justice delays when a government is tyrannical? That's a whole, I mean, like, that's a whole nother thing. What do you do? How do you remain this, well, like, well God's going to deal with it because sometimes it does require natural justice. And that's the balance. Yeah, no, I mean, we were talking about this concept because I said, well, how, what, what do we tell the people when we know that we live under a, you know, moderate tyrannical government? What do you tell the people then? Just let God, Truth. God deal with it. And that's, you know, good enough. that's good. We're good. Peace. Peace out. Like that's. And he said, I think the concept of government tyranny, justice, God will bring justice either through destruction or somebody standing up and God using mightily. And it began to make me think about. I'm actually reading a book on it's multiple generals of the faith, but I'm reading right now about about Martin Luther in the 1400s and how God moved mightily in his life in a time that was incredibly unjust, prompted the injustice was facilitated by the church and how God moved on one man's life to literally reform the entire world about God and who he was. And I was telling him, I'm reading about the things that 
happened and the things that were going on in this era and how the governor, I'm sorry, the Catholic church controlled the government. They controlled the media. They controlled the school system. And like the, the school system in that people, most people couldn't read. And even if they could read, they only allowed the Bible to be re- printed in Latin. And most people couldn't read so Latin. So that only the priests and the monks right. could read it. They, so they, so they own can a only monopoly literally on almost everything, right. every aspect of human life. Right. It was the Catholic church. And so I'm reading about Martin Luther and I just want to lay out some things on what I'm talking about as unjust. Go for it. So they would sell what's called indulgences. Salvation basically was covered. They preached covered through indulgences. Yes, you confess to the priest, but you basically got your covering for sin through indulgences. And what it was, things like they would go to Rome and in the movie, that's why Martin Luther chose Martin Luther going to Rome because they sold indulgences. So if you went and visited, uh, they had what they thought were the coins of Judas. If you went and visited, you paid a fee to go visit and look at the coins of Judas. You received a certain amount of indulgences, which was a paper saying that your sin is covered. Like that is not only unjust, it's completely heretical. And then they would sell indulgences um, just for random things. If they needed money. So when they built St. Peter's Basilica, they upped the sale of indulgences to cover, to fund the building of St. Peter's Basilica. Right, right. And I mean, we're dealing with like people's soul, heaven or hell, and they're selling indulgences to pay for salvation. And that's what they're teaching. And they're keeping people illiterate from who God is. Exactly. And so I'm reading this and I'm looking at, Martin Luther's day, and because we hear all the time, like even from some close friends who were in the fight to preserve America for so long, we hear from people, it's it's gone, it's too far gone. Like there's no hope for America. Why fight? Essentially is what they say. And I'm reading Martin Luther in his day, and I have more hope for today than I would have. I look at compare the two, and I say I have more hope for today, God moving, than I would have in Martin Luther's time. And you said a reason why. Back then, they couldn't read. Yeah, they couldn't read. There was no... But, but today... There was no side medias preaching the truth. There was no, um, like, phones to talk to each other to, like, communicate truth. There was none of that. And so I today, we have so much at our fingertips, I believe, that makes it more hopeful to me. That's right. And God still moved powerfully back then. He wrote... So if you know anything about Martin Luther, he wrote the 95 thesis and pound nailed it to Wittenberg's door. And the idea was that happened all the time. People would nail things to the door of Wittenberg, which was a church. And the idea was you nail it. And then what happens is you, um, people read it and then they set a date to debate what you've just written. So that's what he thought would happen. That didn't happen. What happened is he nailed it to the door and it was taken and people, Somebody in the press, somebody who had the ability to make mass copies, took it and mass produced it for the entire people of Wittenberg. And they began to read it and began to discuss the things of God and who God was. And it got sent to actual, how do you say it? Papal? Papal? Papal. Which were high up clergy who were controlling the people. This 95 thesis got sent to them on purpose to challenge their beliefs. And here's the thing about that 
whole con that whole interaction, Martin Luther will say at that time he was not even fully converted yet. And God still used his question. And it was simple, a simple questioning of is this truly what the scriptures say? Because he had read the scriptures, dug into the scriptures. 100%. He had to know what salvation was. And God used that. He wasn't even fully converted, and God used that thing to bring justice. So, so this is bringing me a lot of revelation I know, about... I said a lot. <laughs> no, this is bringing me a lot of revelation about justice. Why is it that we demand justice from God to say, Lord, hear us, fix this, when we don't ourselves stand for justice? Think about it. Luther did. Mm-hmm. He was like, he was doing this to say, this is wrong, what we're doing. We need to discuss this, yeah. right? Like, we don't have the... the uh, there's no justice being done against those who have... Uh, cr- created heresy basically for the for the indulgences and all these other things. that ninety five thesis you just got to go back and read right. But I want to read some scriptures to you to make sense of what I'm saying. How can we cry out to God for His justice to come on this earth against things we cannot control if we ourselves are not willing to stand for the justice right now in our own backyard? Mm-hmm. Things we can control. He says here Hosea twelve six. But you must return to your God, maintain love and justice. And wait for your God always. What does that mean, maintain justice? Are we standing for things that are wrong, like against uh, standing against those who want to kill the unborn? Are we standing for our school systems? Are we standing against the corruption? Are we doing everything we can to make sure justice is maintained in our land? Are we making sure that our, that our churches and our pastors and our teachers are taken care of, that families in our, in, our, in our churches are taken care of, and that justice is being done to make sure that these people are adequate to live and adequate to have wholeness and all these other things? Are we willing to stand first in the justice that we can control and say, Lord, because we stand, Lord, you told me to maintain justice, therefore maintain yours. I don't know what else to do because Luther was standing for justice in this yeah. issue. Yeah. The founders cried out for justice on the Lord, but they stood and maintained justice Mm -hmm. of the things they could control against tyranny in England and all those other things. Here's another one. Job, I'm sorry, Proverbs 21.15. Proverbs 21.15. Here's another one. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Mm -hmm. If we maintain justice, it brings joy to us. Things were done righteously. But you know who it comes against, like our, our corrupt justice system? If we're not bringing uh, uh, justice against evildoers, it just makes them want to go do it all the more. But when justice is done, it makes them freak out. Because like, oh, crap, they mean business. So I think <laughs> it's, it's, it's wrong for us to cry out for justice that God is delayed and all these other things if we're not willing ourselves to stand for the justice that we can see, that we can take a part in, that we can say, okay, let's do this thing. Because I think we could say, Lord, I mean, it'd be, it'd be like the same thing telling the Lord, you should go teach the gospel to the nations, Lord. He said, I told you to do it. Mm-hmm. I could do it. I don't need you. I commanded you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Every one of us. But we're yeah. sitting here telling the Lord, where are you at, Lord? How come the people are saved and the wicked are winning? Are you doing everything you can to promote the gospel to your neighbors, to shut off the TV and not listen to the voice of the enemy? Are you willing to stand and say, I'm not going to be on my phone 24 hours a day. I'm actually going to go and seek the Lord in his word so I can get something for somebody else. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to put myself on the cross. I'm going to say I'm done with my old life and I'm walking in a new one. I'm taking up my cross daily. I'm going out there and doing what I know to do to maintain justice on this earth because I think we put a lot on the Lord and he's like, I've already come, I've given you the authority to tread on snakes and scorpions. Mm-hmm. I've already given you the authority. And what happens here is with, with you, you talked about it at first with Karen, there's nothing she could have done. 
And her, her life, from, from what we know of her, yeah. has spent to correct the things that are being done in America. She's doing her best that she knows mm -hmm. as, as well as she can. She's spoken with different various groups. She's spoken about the injustice of uh, Extortion 17, all those other things, whatever, you know, all those things. I don't know how far she wants to go with that. But she's done what she has done. And you coming in and giving her a word to get, bring her peace and what justice should be is probably the answer she was looking for for all those years of standing for justice. And she continues to do mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Right. But how dare we say, Lord, where are you at? We're not willing sometimes to stand on our own. I know some of you are. Praise God. Thank you for doing so. And continue to stand up. Right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of us in America are like, I can't believe what government is doing. But we, we participate in it too by our inaction, mm -hmm. our votes, our uh, praising a man instead of the Lord, mm -hmm. going to church and not doing, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think as I'm listening to you talking, I'm thinking about like the basis of this message, the basis of this podcast was understanding what the heart of God is in justice and what real justice is and do we want justice or vengeance and God wiping away all, making it clear, you know, like slicing down the center of it and making it clear and bringing healing to our hearts in that he doesn't delay. It's not like, Lord, why do you lay it, delay? It's more like his heart to a, from a father to a daughter in that I got this. And um, I think that can be applied on a national level, national level, and it goes with injustice in government. And it goes back to what you were saying with when Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of when you're asking for these things. And going back to the basis of this message of God has it. God has it in Amen. control. He sees it all. Nothing is hid from his sight. He sees it all. And the simplicity of it, the simplicity of it. And I get what you're saying, and I want to encourage people to stand too and call things for what they are. But you and I see so often that as Christian patriots, Republicans, there's so many that they don't want justice. They don't want true justice according to God's heart in restoration. They want vengeance on those stupid Democrats, the, 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 the stupid liberals. Yeah, stupid liberals. And I think that FJB. what I'm saying is this revelation of what real foundation is and who we are and who God is and what true justice is changes my heart even on a national level of what I want God to do to those evil Democrats. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think it's good because, like, when's the last time you actually prayed, sincerely prayed, sincerely for the Bidens? Yeah. Yeah. Like, say, Lord, if, if you had wickedness prevail in monarchies, mm -hmm. this is a republic where they're to represent us, Lord, turn their heart. Yeah. To say, this is wrong. Right. You know what I mean? Because we all read Paul in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And call him, you know, Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, amazing hero in the faith. We fail to equate him to a Biden or, you know, or an Epstein or whatever. He was legit killing Christians. Yeah, and thought he was doing God Hunting them down, pulling thinking them in the he was doing God a service. Thinking he was doing God a service. Right. I think, too, like, if you think about 
any any good soldier of the Lord. I mean, we you know all these memes. You've seen them on Instagram. You know, David was a murderer. Moses mm-hmm. was a murderer. Uh, uh, Rahab was a harlot, yeah. prostitute. Um, Mary Magdalene. You know, yeah. all these things. It's like, and God used them mm-hmm. to change the world, right? right? He used ignorant fishermen to mm-hmm. change the world. Yeah. Right. So evil you're looking men and women, evil men. I mean, David, yeah. look what da- David did. You break down what David did. If you were to bring that to modern terms, bruh. Yeah. And he was lucky he's in a monarchy, not in a justice yeah. system like a republic. Had right. he done that as a president? Right. Right. You know, had someone murdered, slept with the dudes. I mean, that's right. Grounds for removal. But in a monarchy, you don't do that. You know what I mean? Now, what's crazy is nobody could do anything. And then the prophet came and it was like, right. oh, shoot. I'm right. not. I'm not answering to man. Can you now. imagine, like Nathan, like on a hunt from the Lord? <laughs> I'm gonna go confront the king on a hunch from the Lord. Like, you know what I mean? That, you better be in tune, bro. That's that raw, beautiful obedience, right? <laughs> like we had to know the voice the Lord, of God. Gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm. I'm demeaning it and saying a hunch from the Lord. But all honesty, a lot of times when you give words and you say, "I feel like the Lord is speaking this over your life." And you dial it back. It's a hunch from the Lord. <laughs> like on a hunch from the Lord, he goes to confront the king of an entire nation. I mean, who had already killed a man. Mm, I know. But I think it goes back to your justice point. Yeah. God loves justice so much. He actually says it in Isaiah 61. He loves justice so much that he had to confront David with it. Yeah. You've done wickedly now. Mm-hmm. You say you are with me. You mm-hmm. say you've exalted me. Now justice mm-hmm. is coming, right. and it did. Right. And and what's hard in Isaiah six twenty says, "For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people with an everlasting covenant yeah. with them." Right. You were gonna say something. I'm sorry. No, and I think, um, and we, we've, when we talk about David, we've, uh, in the past, I don't know, was it two, three months? There's been some stuff, scandals coming out in the church from higher, higher, higher leaders, leaders that everyone knows, and. Uh, Wanda Elger actually wrote an article, and I believe she did a video on it. I just read the uh, article or blog that she wrote, and she was basically saying to use David as a standard of our lives in regards to being able to sin and still serve in ministry and be honored in ministry and still keep your position is basically like a demeaning to the repentance, the deep repentance that David walked through in Psalm 51. And um, which is a the it's amazing how she wrote this because if you read Psalm fifty one, he wasn't just like, you know, Nathan, you're right. Sorry, <clears throat> you yeah, know, yeah. It was that it was deep, and it was basically like, keep your hand on me, Lord. Essentially, don't yeah. kill me. I'm my sin is before you, and um, it's crazy against thee and thee only have I sinned. So when you talk about justice and you use these analogies like David to justify our injustice it's you you don't understand yeah we're quick repentance. to throw the we're quick to throw the grace blanket mm-hmm. we need to have grace on that leader that's cool I'm with you we should have grace as far as like uh take heed to yourself that you also be tempted be careful right don't just stand on your high horse and just condemn I get that but what about all those victims yeah well that's what she said you know too, what, I mean? like, what about what about the people who were affected right by this injustice, we got to yeah. call it for what it is. Yes, we need we, we need to, to to pray to the Lord to restore him and all those other things and yeah. whatever whatever the, the, the case may be. But dude, what about the family? Right, his family. What right. about all these people? 
And also it's like we, we put more great. We just can't judge. We can't do this. Actually, you judge the tree by its fruit. Right. And right. the bottom line is he needs to be restored. I'm with that. I'm I'm all right. about that. And I would love to, right. you know, help Less, with that. But like yeah. restoration to the victim. Yeah. What about the victim? Right. What about those people who were caught up in this? And, you know, with everybody has a, a well, one of the things I wanted to talk about was like rape and stuff. Yeah. You know, like this injustice of rape, uh, sexual molestation, young mm -hmm. kids, you know, all these things, uh, sex, sex trafficking, child trafficking. Those are the things I don't know what else to do except to 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 stand against it, to get involved in, in some way there. But Lord, there's such an underground thing that I can't expose. You have to expose it. You know what I mean? In yeah. this nation that doesn't want truth, I'm sorry, the media doesn't want the truth. You have to find a way to expose it to us so that we can go do something about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can get involved. Yeah. Because I don't know what else to do. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, people use it all the time. They'll expose Trump on this crap, but they don't do it with Hunter Biden. They don't, you know, that's all. We should know that by now. The media is not for the American people. They're for an agenda. So therefore, Lord, forget the media then. How am I supposed to get involved in doing this and creating a justice for these people? Yeah. So God's justice, I don't believe, is delayed. I don't think that at all. I really do think before God, he's causing us to stand up justly. Mm-hmm. He's causing us to remember justice. He's causing us, according to Proverbs, to maintain justice. Yeah. He will do the rest. I can do only all I can do, Lord, then you have to do the rest. I can only preach the gospel. Your spirit has to move. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. all I can do. Right. And one of the things I wanted to get back to was this point, too, that we never talked about, which I believe <clears throat> is a great finale for this, because we want justice. I want justice for Karen. I want justice for ourselves. I want justice for Bob and Laura. I mean, we... All those things, right? Oh. If God was to dole out justice for everything that I want, everything that I deem is wrong, everything that's sinful, I would be lined up right again. Right, right I'd be along, the first one. Right along with all the people that need justice. Because if you realize that sin is sin, and one sin not covered by the blood is still strong enough to send somebody to hell, I'm lined up with them, even though I've never, you know, done all these horrible things. I've never been on Epstein Island, right? I'm, I'm still lined up with the rest of them. And we all have the justice of God being doled out on us without the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's, it's hard to sit in the place of judgment and condemnation. Um, it's hard to sit in this place of Everything should be according to my will, Lord, because I have a natural justice and I see the injustices and all these other things. Not understanding that the wrath of God is against those who disobey. I've disobeyed. Thank God his wrath didn't come on me, man, because I deserved yeah. it. And it did come at me. And then Jesus stepped in. Mm -hmm. When I saw my sin, bro, it was like, what the heck, bro? And it, I, I think we have to be careful about saying, justice! Right? What does that mean? Is yeah. it vengeance or is it truly rectifying? Yeah. Justice rectifies. Right. Real justice yeah, rectifies the, the law. True heart of God is is to to reconcile, yeah, to rectify, right. to, to reconcile. Yeah. Right. Uh, to you, him. Right. And so, be careful what you're praying for. You know that. Right. So, yeah. Lord, I just want to I want to bless you here because of who you are, because of what you do. And I don't want us to ever think that retribution is justice. I want us to have a pure heart of justice yeah. to reconcile them back to you. Right. But Lord, bring justice to those 
penalty wise, mm-hmm. who have done heinous things, who yeah. who who don't repent, Father, bring justice to yeah. that, because there's nothing I can do, Lord. I mean, I there's nothing short of killing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. I don't want to do. I, it's not in power. Right. We and just read I, Luke nine. I just you know? have to fi- finish this. I was so I was out with Laura yesterday. Yeah. And you know, if you watch Monday's show, we talk about their story a little bit. Um, but and so I won't get into it too much. But her son got hooked on drugs because. This grand, I'm sorry, her That's grandson, right. yeah, yeah. because the grandson's dad um, was addicted to drugs and essentially forced Caleb to do drugs in a, through a series. It's a long story. But so we're talking about this show about doing it on justice. And she said, you know, I've often thought about what if his dad gets saved? Hmm. What if his dad gets saved? He was the one that basically essentially killed Caleb and he's going to make it to heaven too. Well, his dad got him hooked on drugs. Right, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. essentially, killed him by pushing that on him. In in by proxy. and what if God saves right. him? Right, and what if God saves him? Is he going to be in heaven too? And that's where that we have to have the heart of God in justice and what justice is, because that's a hard pill to swallow. And that's when God transforms your heart to like what true justice is. That's where it's like it's yours, Lord. That's it right. has to be yours. So. No, I think, you know, when he says, when Jesus said, if your eye is single, it'll be, your body will be full of light. If your eye is not and it's doubled, it'll be full of darkness. Yeah. The moment we have one foot in and out in flesh and spirit, your body becomes dark because the Bible says under the pure, all things are pure. Mm-hmm. If we're not looking at justice as a pure thing, like God's justice should rectify to set things right, yeah. to, to bring us back in right relationship with him, then we're screwing up the whole word of justice. Now we do, again, we've said it before. There's a natural justice that occurs, and we have a system for that. Yeah. It's not the greatest. We've got to fix a lot of it. But hopefully, evildoers will be punished the way it should be, because mm-hmm. that's what the justice system says. However, there's this mercy, too, that the Lord said, you deserve death and hell. Yeah. But I sent my son in that place. Yeah. Amen. And so remember, uh, John Flick just said, justice, just like the blessings, are always delivered on God's timing, instant or delayed, one day or years. It's true. Mm-hmm. When he does what he does, there's always a reason. There's one thing about the Lord that I love. Some may say, and I just said this to Steph Holden yesterday, Spurgeon fell into a depression mm. and he was like wondering why, because some, I think that the issue was, I think someone cried out fire in his church. People died. He fell depressed. Oh, right, right, yeah. And then um, he met someone like years later and they were dealing with depression. I told Steph, it was like years, yeah. like 10 years, something like that, five years later or something like that. And um, he basically said, I feel like I went through that just for you. Wow. What a heart. Not like, Lord, why did I go through this? Why? It was, I went through that for you to set you free. That is justice. Amen. That is pure, loving God at every turn. And I I don't care. (laughs) I need more of that, Lord, because there's there's still things. Lord, I don't understand why we went through that. Why why did that happen? And and I'm looking at his faithfulness now going, I I get it, but I still haven't been converted to understand it. So just be mindful when we're asking about that, that we stand with the Lord and what he's doing, not with what we're doing in accordance to our will, but to his will. So, Because I like that, what you said. What if his father gets saved? He'll be up in heaven. Yeah. Isn't that the, the goal? Isn't right. that the return of reward? Isn't that what we want? Right. Is more souls with Jesus? Right. If not, then our, is our heart really converted to Christ and yeah. wanting people saved? Because if he can't save the lowest of the low. Right. Like, evilest. Of, of the, the evil. evil. Yeah. Yeah, justice. I don't know if it's delayed. I don't think it's delayed. I think it's timing. I think it's the Lord doing yeah. what he's doing. So, guys, be sure to go to com. If you've not seen in the comments, 
Uh, you guys can text the word GIVE to 772-242-0299. Become a partner with SEM. You guys can see what we're doing on our website as well. We got blogs. We got all these videos and things like that. New things are coming out this year that are really incredible. Again, thank you so, so, so stinking much. We don't know. We've said this a thousand times. We don't know. I wish there were better words than thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we're here. And so uh, we have an event coming up that we're not letting out the details yet. We will next week uh, that, that hopefully you guys can be a part of wherever you're from. Uh, it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be a good night for us. And so, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much. Again, pray for us as we pray for you. We love you guys. We will see you on Monday. Be sure to tune into that one. Carrie and I, uh, it's going to be about the blood of Jesus and, and, and what that means and what that looks like. So God bless you guys. We will see you next week.